0: Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, a very unethical appointment. Also, the V Team takes a look at the new Rosa Parks statue. And Speaker Matt McCutcheon wants a deal on gaming. to start all this and much, much more coming up next on The V. The voice of Alabama Politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Jonathan Barby, Constable of Jefferson County, and G.O.P. Stalwart. And producer Thank of this show. Yes, and Thank producer you. of the Thank show. You. And Susan Britt, associate producer of this show, and also of APR and uh, research guru Extraordinaire.
1: Thank you. Yeah. And that she is. She could find a needle in a Susan can't find it. It can't be found.
0: Oh, yeah. uh, did I tell you she found the t- tomb of... <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> I have not found Jimmy Hoffa, though.
0: <laughs> when you do, let us know. I will. You'll yeah. be the
2: first to know. Uh,
0: you know, S- Susan, Jonathan, uh, we are, we are loath to be surprised anymore by anything that happens in state government. And once I thought there was hope for the Alabama Supreme Court... There is no hope, let me just put that. This bunch with this this announcement that we're gonna talk about has proven that they are, well, let's just say they should not hold the office they hold. Recently, Susan, they appointed Henry T. Sonny Reagan Mm -hmm. to the statewide judicial ethics committee. Sonny Reagan was forced from the Attorney General's office under Luther Strange for, among other things, uh, leaking information to Hubbard and his attorneys and for showing what Luther Strange said, Mr. Reagan not only breached his duty of loyalty to the state of Alabama, but he also violated the trust of you, his colleagues. It was so egregious that they wrote this letter to the employees who had he had betrayed, according to Luther Strange? and then they released it to the public, it was so bad.
2: The most unethical person I can think of is Sonny Reagan. I mean, and sneaky, He what he was doing at the time, he would be in these meetings, the internal meetings with Van Davis, Matt Hart, all of them concerning the Hubbard trial.
0: People that were prosecuting Matt I, Hubbard, my, Mike, Mike Hubbard. Hubbard.
2: And he hired an attorney that was also representing Hubbard, Rob Riley, he hired an attorney that was representing Mary Moore. So what he could do is sit in those meetings and go tell his attorneys what were going on in the meetings, and then they could do attorney-client privilege, but were privy to the information in the meetings.
0: I mean, uh, Jonathan... That was
2: one of the things, just one of the things.
0: Jonathan uh, Van Davis, the late Van Davis, who prosecuted him, said of Reagan, he, he took action to impede or obstruct the investigation into Mike cover. yet now, the Supreme Court set him, uh, selected him, to sit on the committee that will judge ethics and 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 promote the ethics of the court.
1: Well, I'll tell you, what the, the biggest concern to me is that the attorney general's office released that letter. Mm-hmm. And they said those things about him. I mean, you're not gonna have an attorney general's office make those kind of accusations if they didn't have something to back that up. Right. And that's concerning to me that you know, they had that information. The information was, was so bad that they had to let employees know and they, you know, he had to resign. I, I, I believe it was probably a forced resignation. It I'm was. not sure. So my concern now is he's moving over to something that sets ethics for judges yeah. in, in our judicial system. Yeah. And that's concerning to me. I don't know Sonny Reagan, but you know, just knowing that the attorney, he was pretty much removed from the AG's office and the AG put out a public letter about him. I mean,
2: that's yeah, like, that's saying bad. that the
1: unethical behavior, it's,
2: it's not possible that these jurists did not know all this information about Sonny Reagan. It's not possible.
0: Well, it's not possible. It, 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 it is absolutely true that they would have to know uh, because, you know, we published it. Everybody published it. Uh, the crazy thing to me is that they did it knowingly. And uh, so now we have a guy now he was elected. To a circuit court judgeship in Coffee and Pike County because the voters didn't know, but the voters not knowing and these people not knowing is two different and
2: things. And let us not forget when he was in the grand jury for the Hubbard trial, when he was on the stand, he pled the fifth, right, which meant he was involved in some criminal activity. Well,
1: at least he thought there was something that can incriminate him.
2: Something, them. but That's anyway, just
1: concerning, I mean, whether or not any of that is true at the AG's office, you know, the optics of the situation of appointing someone. You you have to look at it at the optics. You know, the person may be a great person, but if they've got something in their past like that and you're about to point them to a major position, the optics look bad. The truth is
0: this Supreme Court with Chief Justice Tom Parker, who I have had great respect for in the past, Mike Bolin, Will uh, Sellers, and all the rest, do not care one iota about what the voting public thinks of them or what the law says they should do. Mike Hubbard was convicted four years ago, or in 2016, and was sent to prison sentenced to prison four years ago. And it still languishes, Susan, before these justices who do not practice justice.
2: They do not. They're letting it sit there because they're trying to figure out a way to get him out of at least the principal's part of it. Uh, I don't know if Sonny Reagan's going to have anything to do with that or not. But nevertheless, the, the Criminal Court of Appeals made it very clear in a 157-page document about the case. You can read that in less than four months, I think, to figure out if what they're going to do. But they're just letting it sit there.
0: I think they're letting it sit there, Jonathan, because they don't want one of their buddies to go to prison.
1: Well, here's here's the deal. Had it been, you know, and I say this, had it been anybody else, anybody else, a man from the street, probably even any other politician here in Montgomery, they would already be serving their prison sentence. I mean, any of us would, any of us, even though we had an appeal, we would be serving our sentence out right now. And, and he he has been treated um, very specially and, you know, very special. He's been treated. And it's not fair to all the other people in the system who have gone through probably lesser than he's done as far as the charges go, and they're sitting in prison right now. He
2: would be done, almost completely done with his sentence had he gone. Yeah. That's how long it's been in the courts.
1: Well, he completely betrayed
0: his oath of office. He 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 betrayed public trust. There to me are few greater crimes than betraying public trust. You have a duty, a responsibility, and you pledge an oath. to to serve the people of Alabama, and then you break it. We're gonna have to let it sit right there. There's a new statue of Rosa Parks in downtown Montgomery. We'll talk about that when we come back. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics.
2: What a great opportunity for your success. Adding half a million highly skilled employees to
1: our workforce by 2025 is how we stay ahead in Alabama.
2: Our economy is stronger than it's been in years, and a skilled workforce is more important than ever. Things move fast, so choose your path. Your success is waiting, plus a great future for Alabama.
1: Success Plus. Go for it!
0: Hey, man, what are you doing today? Um, playing the game. Thought I'd go out for a drive later, maybe. Text some friends while I'm doing it. Scroll through social media. Kill a family four and a half on collision. Cool, man.
1: Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation.
0: Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Last week, uh, Governor Kay Ivey and dignitaries from around the country uh, came to honor Rosa Park. She now has a statue downtown Montgomery. Jonathan, mm-hmm. it is about time, isn't it?
1: it? It is. You know, I mean, the civil rights sort of began here in the South, and in Montgomery, you know, the crusade began here. And... Uh, most people credit that to her taking a stand, which helped the movement along. And uh, you know, we have museums down here. We, you know, we've got uh, so many things that are going on in Montgomery. It's about time they had a statue about it. And I learned a few things about her, which were interesting in our meeting earlier that yeah. I did not know. Well, I mean, Susan,
0: uh, a lot of people still think of Rosa Parks as a diminutive, you know, working young woman mm-hmm. who got on a bus and. Somebody told her to get up and give somebody a seat, and, and it was all, she was very passive and all this. She was really uh, prepared, and she was not some just diminutive, quiet, mousy woman. She was prepared, and she was sick and tired of being told when to stand and when to sit down by white Alabamians.
2: Exactly. Now, this was erected on the 64th anniversary of her arrest, which is significant that it took us this long to actually do it. Some things I learned from Josh Moon's article this week that I found more interesting, you know, everybody said, well, she didn't want to get up because she was tired. No, she didn't want to get up because she was tired of it. She was tired of discrimination. Now, most, most history, it sounds like she sat down on the white section of the bus. That's not true. She went and sat in the black section of the bus and was told illegally to get up out of her seat to let a white man sit down, to which she said no. Now, that's what she was arrested for, even though she was sitting where she was supposed to sit. Now, she'd been secretary of the local NAACP for quite a while, and they were already planning the uh, boycott of the bus system. This just gave them the, the, the little flick they well, needed to kick it off.
0: As the mother of the civil rights movement, as she's well known, she deserves more than a statute in Montgomery. Mm-hmm. She deserves all of our gratitude because that act opened a lot of people's eyes for 385 days. Mm-hmm. After that, that bus boycott went on, and it really opened a floodgate of moral imperative. I think is what happened, Jonathan. Uh, I'm glad
1: they did it. It was a. I heard it was a really nice ceremony. Yeah,
0: I was glad that uh, Governor Ivy was there. You know, we're celebrating our bicentennial and. It's a good time. They talk about that we're going to look back and look forward. There is not a lot of Alabama history that we can be proud of. No. I mean, it, you know, we were talking earlier about, uh, you know, there are just so many, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud to be in Alabama. I, this is my home. I'm going to die here. I live here. But there's just so much of our history that is coded in racism and discrimination and not just among for blacks, but for poor whites and, and everybody else, and and I think there this there is a reason to hope. There's always reason to hope, right? Uh, but she she was a brave woman. She did a brave thing, and we're all the better for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Alabama Supreme Court, and I know Jonathan, this is something near and dear to your heart, moved recently to say that the city of Birmingham cannot hide the monuments, Confederate monument at Lynn Park, Mm -hmm. that it cannot tear them down. It can't mask them in any way. And you were in favor of that ruling.
1: I am in favor of that ruling. And uh, simply because a lot of people, and I've seen the national news, you know, the Alabama Confederate Protection Act, people have called it all kinds of things. I want to make it clear that it's the Alabama Memorial Preservation Act. And that means any memorial. That means that no matter what town or what city you go to, whoever the majority is cannot remove a statue that they don't agree with. It has to go before a commission. Things have to be judged. In this situation, this was this was erected back in the early 1900s, 1904, 1905, with Lynn Park. And the Lynn family donated that whole area of downtown to Birmingham, they put the monuments up, and that was part of the whole deal when they donated the park and gave it to the city. And the reason why this has been such a big argument and why the city didn't take it down before the act was passed is because uh, the rumor is they couldn't find the deed to the park. So which is why after all the monuments started being re- removed a few years ago, you heard silence from the city of Birmingham for almost two years before they put this barrier up. Um, is because they didn't know what to do and they didn't know they had, they couldn't find the official deed to the park. So. Well Susan, you know, and I, I think it's, uh, again,
0: there's a, a whole wider debate to be made here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Jonathan is right that the, the, the statue was erected in 1878. Oh, 1894 and 1890,
2: dedicated in 1904.
0: And then another one was brought in in 1908. <clears throat> now, I thought an interesting thing that happened during that period in between those dates, we passed the 1901 Alabama Constitution. And they had to advertise it and promote it because the Constitution had to be voted for on by the people of Alabama. So they had a slogan that went along with the uh, passing the, the 1901 Constitution. It was white supremacy, exclamation point, honest elections exclamation point, and a new constitution, exclamation point. One and is separ- inseparable. Exclamation point. There was no doubt that if you're passing the Constitution of Alabama with the first two words being white supremacy, <coughs> they ha- we had a race problem.
2: We had a race problem. We definitely did. We've had a race problem. We still right. have a race right. problem. Right. But I mean, I, I have to say that with, when it was erected, um, it was more to <coughs> memorialize the soldiers that had died. The civil- Unlike the ones that were erected the, in during the, the civil C- rights, during the civil rights, so I, you know, <clears throat> that I look at a little bit of different light. But the ones in the 50s and 60s, I got a real problem with those.
0: I do understand why people want to remove some of these. I personally think Birmingham, as a city, probably should have a right to do what they want to. But the state legislature, because of the 1901 Constitution, has the right to basically say we decide everything.
2: But remember, we also not only do uh, uh, statues for mon- monuments for remembrance, we also do remember atrocities as well.
0: That's right. All right. And we do. Well, coming up next, Speaker Mac McCutcheon, he wants to negotiate gaming. I'm on for it. We'll be right back. You're watching The V.
1: The Energy Institute of Alabama promotes reliable, affordable, and clean energy to help grow our economy, create high-paying jobs, and build public support for Alabama's energy industry. The Energy Institute of Alabama is the best source of energy industry information and how it affects households across the state, from convenient energy production to alternative fuels to solar power and beyond.
0: What are you doing today, babe? I
1: thought I'd head down to the lake with the guys, do a little fishing. Of course, none of us will be wearing our seat belts. I'll lose control of the truck, wrap it around a tree, and kill us all. Okay. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. A lot can change in five years, except those smile lines you treated with Bellafill, because that's about how long Bellafill will keep them smooth and filled, five years. Now you can always look your best without all those injections, appointments, and costs. Bellafill is the only dermal filler that stimulates and maintains collagen growth long term. Now time is on your side.
0: 20 bucks. It won't buy much in the way of Christmas cheer, yet it means plenty of hope for the homeless. Your $20 feeds 10 at the Jimmy Hale Mission. The more you give, the more we feed. Help us nurture those with nothing else and show them the true spirit of the season. To give, please call 323-5878 or visit JimmyHaleMission.com today. Alabama politics. Susan, this past week at a gathering of the County Commissioners Association, Speaker of the House, Mac McCutcheon, made news. Mm -hmm. One of the things is he said, he said the lottery's been up for the last two years. He he said it it will come up this year, he believes, but he is not interested in some paper lottery that's gonna only bring in 150 to 180 million dollars. He says, if we're gonna have a lottery he, and, and gaming in this state, we need to be honest, open our eyes, it's here. We need to figure out how the state can make the most out of it. I'm paraphrasing what he said, but he is looking to sit down with the Porch Band of Creek Indians, uh, the Victory Land, mm-hmm. Green Track, the Birmingham Racecourse, all those entities, and say, let's make a deal. And he said, if we can't make a deal, He's going to stop anything to do with the lottery or gaming. He's done.
2: It's about time. Yeah, We've been talking about this for three years now that they all need to sit down and get in the same room, sit down and come to some sort of deal. Now, they tried that one time before, and one of the entities got a little mm, arrogant about it, and so that kind of blew off. But finally, it's time. Let's get everybody together, get in the same room. We're talking about generating $700 million. A year. And not off this, of this
0: fuzzy math that the Porch Creek keep no, promoting. No. I'm happy the Porch Creek could put something on the table, right? But what they put on the table is that they want everything. I mean, it's Jonathan, it's like they, they want a monopoly on everything. Can you imagine Honda and uh, let's say Mazda coming in to Huntsville area and going to K Ivy and say, Governor, we are gonna build the biggest, best automotive facility in the state of Alabama, anywhere in the world. We're gonna put it right up here in Huntsville. Just one thing we need from me, Gov. We need for you to tell, give us a monopoly. Oh, and by the way, you're gonna to have to shut down, you're gonna have to shut down Hyundai and Mercedes and all that. You think Governor Ivy would take a deal like
1: that? No, and nobody would. I mean, first of all, that that is, that is not right. And that's not how capitalism works. Uh, that's how, A monopoly works actually, which we have laws against monopolies for a reason. You know, you can't go into an existing place or existing where existing stuff is happening and shove everybody else out the door for your own gain for one organization. Look, I'm a conservative, you know, gambling really not my thing. I I really don't wanna see it in the state, but I, I do think we've needed a lottery for a long time. And I kind of agree with with the speaker is, look, if we're just going to do this, then let's do it right and let's get it all done and let's do it where the state can profit from it and the people can profit. You know, everything will get better if it's done correctly, you know, roads, education general fund budget, you know, Medicaid law enforcement, expansion. Medicaid, I mean. Well, it could it, be any of those. It yeah, It be could be or any or all of, of <laughs> It could be any or all, or if the wrong hands gets on it, we might not see any of it. You never know. Uh-huh. The bottom line is understand where he's coming from. Look, tired of hearing about it. If we're going to do it, let's jump all in. If not. Well, mm-hmm. we know now
0: that the Indians have something on the table. It, it is a, it's too much. It's way too much. Uh, and, and, but I know for certain that the other entities are ready to come to the table. Mm -hmm. Now, some in the tribe have made a mischaracterization of facts on a number of things, but people do that. I'm just happy they're coming to the table. But one of the things they've said, Susan, is that these people at Victory Land and Green Track, they shouldn't be allowed at the table because they've operated illegally. Well, that's questionable too,
2: but what about the Porch Creek? The Borch Creek are operating the same machines at all their facilities that are being operated at Victory Land. In fact, if you go and look at their machines, some of them have Victory Land sti- well, stickers on, yeah. on them. Yeah. They may have taken off since. But, you know, everybody should sit at the same table. And You need to remember also when, when they make these remarks that had Victory Land in all of these places not opened initially, they would never have been allowed to apply for their casinos under federal law. According to
0: the Indian (coughs) Gaming Regulatory Act, which is the federal act that allows them to operate gaming, it clearly says that they can only operate the machines that are legal in the state in which the reservation, the tribe, exists. So if the machines in Victory Land are illegal, if the machines in Green Track are illegal then the machines at the Porch Creek's three casinos are illegal. Let's just be honest about what it is. The reason the machines at Victory Land and Green Track became illegal is because Bob Riley wanted them deemed illegal. Right. So, and our Supreme Court, again, surprise, surprise, went along with it. So, speaking of a has the right idea. We need to get it to the table, get it done.
1: The people voted in those that's counties, right. That's right. those local people voted yeah. to do that, and and it's and what they're trying law. to do is go around the people that voted right. something. Why don't we vote on this instead yes. of so having the legislature? Let's, from, let's, let's, let's right. vote on. Let's this. vote. Mm-hmm. Well, we got about a minute and a half. Uh,
0: John Merrill, sadly, <laughs> dro- to, in my opinion, I think Merrill's great candidate dropped out of the Senate race late on Sunday night, last Sunday night, and Jonathan, I think it was loss.
1: I, I do too. Uh, I like John Merrill. I'm, I was glad he was in the race. Um, you know, but John is doing great things in our state, great things in our Secretary of State's office. And yep. i he's got a bright future no matter yep. where he chooses to go. Yeah,
2: so. he's, he's a young man. Uh, he's he's a, he's great both politically and in office. Yeah. Very effective office holder. Yes, he is. He's, he's gonna have a great future. I think it was just, he, he just for some reason wasn't tracking well in this race, which I was totally surprised about. Yeah. But I think it was time, you know, once Sessions got in, I don't want to have have a loss on his record, you know. Yeah, it just won't yeah, be good for his yeah. future.
0: Well, I, you know, we only got about forty seconds left here, but you know, I think the interesting thing to me is once Sessions came in, it looks like now it's really Tuberville and Sessions mm-hmm. uh, the race to to the, the, between them, and I feel bad that Bradley Byrne now has been relegated to the, the third spot. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how that plays out over the next next, what, 120 days or so? Yeah. It's, it's coming not long. fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, not not, long. it's not long. But it's going to be a very interesting and competitive race. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.